shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Today my guest is Jim Kuzis, one of the nation's most trusted sources of best practices in leadership. Jim and his colleague Barry Posner have dedicated more than three decades to studying excellence in leadership. Their seminal work, The Leadership Challenge, was first published in 1987 and has been reprinted four times since. And most recently, Jim and Barry published a book with a bright red cover that I've been handing out to my clients called The Truth About Leadership. Their work is deeply researched and presented in a way that any one of us can understand. Jim is here with me today. Welcome to the show, Jim. Kate, thank you very much. It's delightful to be with you. Well, I'm glad that you are. Um, I have, uh, as I said, as I said, I've been drawing upon your research and, and your body of work for many years in my work, and I think it's fascinating to to look at the uh, the findings that you've developed and the simplicity with which you've conveyed them. I think very accessible to anyone at any stage of career or any kind of an organization. But I want to start, Jim, by just letting our listeners know more about who you are and really how you became involved in this topic of leadership. Why don't we start there? Well, perfect. Well, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, I think where you're currently broadcasting from. Mm -hmm. Uh, I grew up in uh, Arlington, Alexandria, and Fairfax. And that that experience growing up provided me with opportunities to visit our national monuments and memorials. My father was uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Labor when he retired, so he spent his entire career after World War II in the Federal Service. My mom was involved in the United Nations Association. And as a result of that family experience, became very curious about and interested in international relations, politics, political leadership, and eventually business leadership. And so the consequence of that exposure, plus, of course, uh, I was in John F. Kennedy's Honor Guard as an Eagle Scout, and that inspired me to uh, follow my dream and follow, follow my uh, passion for the whole idea that individuals can influence other people and change the direction of the world. And that led me on a career to where I am today. You know, it sounds like when I think about you as an Eagle Scout um, in that honor guard and, and um, the belief, this really deep-rooted belief that that someone, anyone, can ch- can change the world and make a difference. Um, I, I I'm struck by how young you must have been when you had this insight or this, you know, you began to really move in this direction. Is that true? Well, it it, it, it is. I I grew up in a family where both parents were uh, were grew up during the depression, and in order to achieve what they did in their lives. Uh, they had to really apply themselves and believe in themselves and and that that generation of of individuals sometimes called the great generation really did have a strong belief that they could have an impact uh, on the world and that was passed on in, in my family to me and my brother uh, he he has pursued his own passions in a different direction but uh, similarly successful in his own right and, and I think that that kind of belief in oneself was passed on to me by my parents and my grandparents 
Well, I can, I mean, I, th- I think as I look at your most recent book, um, The Truth About Leadership, your first premise is, truth one, you make a difference. <laughs> so you've really held it's that It's a pretty audacious assumption uh, in many respects, but it's, it, it's, it's the beginning assumption if you're going to lead others, and it's the first lesson we teach other leaders. You really do have to believe in yourself, believe that you can influence the direction in which other people go, organizations go, and audaciously the world goes. Beautiful. Well, I am, I've, I've always been struck by the, your premise that leadership is a set of observable behaviors, behaviors which can be learned. And I think this is heartening news. It's one of the reasons I love your work. And I'd love if you could share with us how you came to this conclusion. There's so much discussion right now about can leadership be taught, can leaders be developed. Um, tell us about the behaviors of leadership. Well, whenever we get asked a similar question, the question of of our leaders born or made, we always give the same answer. And, and the we, by the way, when I say that in this conversation, is is my co-author, Barry Posner, because mm-hmm. he and I have done this work together, and I'm grateful to him for this partnership we've had for over 30 years in research and writing. But whenever anyone asks us that question, uh, leaders born or made, we always give the same answer, which is we've never met a leader who was not born. <laughs> so so are all accountants and, and engineers and doctors and lawyers and social workers and veterinarians or zoologists. I mean, we're all born. Uh, but it's really, the, the question really is, what are you going to do with what you have before you die? And that's the fundamental issue. Can people at any age become better tomorrow than they are today at leading other people? And the conclusion we came to empirically is absolutely yes. If you follow uh, students in college as we have done and you, you assess their leadership capacity as freshmen and then you assess them as seniors, those who participate in leadership development activities, not surprisingly, after four years, are rated by their colleagues, their peers, their, stu- their, their fellow students, and their faculty members as exhibiting more leadership behavior than those who don't participate in leadership development activities. Same is true for those in, in work life who participate in leadership development. If you follow their progress, those who participate after a year's time are better able to demonstrate leadership behaviors than those who don't. So can you develop the capacity? Yes. And it doesn't matter your age or your gender or where you came from, what your function is. It really is a, a matter of applying one's what one already has, what you have, to the practices of leadership. What I have uh, often said about your work, particularly the leadership challenge, um, is that you've really researched this question, um, you know, I I, I remember, let me start again, I remember asking a CEO I once worked Mm. with why, why anyone would follow him. And he kind of did a double take and mm-hmm. looked at me and said, well, I'm the CEO. And I said, but besides that, you know, and so we got into this really interesting conversation. And what I have loved about your research is that it uh, it seems to speak to what's universally true about leadership, not uh, specific to a geography or a nationality. Um, can you say something about that? Absolutely. You know, we, we've done, Barry and I have done research looking at demographics compared to behavior. And what we've found that demographics, and we, we look at, at uh, nine or ten different variables like age and gender and function and level and country of origin, uh, etc. And what we find is that those nine variables combined have two-tenths of one percent of an impact on whether constituents will follow people or not. Two-tenths of one percent. And leadership practices have, whether one demonstrates to a greater extent leadership practices or not, has an impact of about 28 to 30 percent on people's engagement. That That is a huge, huge difference. In other words, 
who who you are, your background, your makeup, your your education doesn't have a very big impact at all, practically nothing, on whether or not you're going to be an effective leader. What does is the extent to which you exhibit in, in the eyes of others exemplary leadership practices. Uh, so it really is, back to your CEO example, uh, why would people want to follow you? And that's the question that we have looked at for over 30 years. And why do people want to follow you? Because you model the way. You set a good example. You're clear about your values. You have a vision of the future, the whole premise of, of your show, mm-hmm. that, you, that you're able to enlist others in that vision, that, that you uh, search for opportunities to grow and innovate and improve. You're, you're challenging the process. You, you make other people feel strong and capable, and you, you, you build trust, uh, foster collaboration. You, you also encourage the heart by recognizing individuals for their accomplishments and also celebrating uh, as teams. So if you, when you exhibit those behaviors more than others, you will likely be more likely to be followed than those who exhibit those behaviors less. Thank you. That's yeah, satisfying fine. to hear your answer to that question. <laughs> um, I have you to know, offer, I'll offer a caveat, however. Okay. One to a caveat, which is, you have, there, there are really some conditions that have to be met. One is you have to want to learn to be a better leader. Back to that that audacious yeah. assumption that you yeah. have to believe you can you can you can make a difference, and you have, and then you want to learn it, and then you have to be willing to engage in deliberate practice. Over your lifetime, really, you have to be willing to continuously improve yourself on a regular basis. It's not two-day course here and a two-day course here. It's a daily learning process that you go through. The best leaders are the best learners, and and uh, those who want to deliberately improve every day are going to be much better. So you, it's not just, well, I'll be a better leader if I take a weekend class. It's about a daily act, daily engagement and practice you know thank you for for using those words i i I love to to take that aspect of your work and also my own belief that leadership is a practice and that we practice forever it never we're never done practicing um Mm -hmm. we we can work on it every single day we can learn from yesterday we can learn from today and that uh it's when i think when we think of leadership as an opportunity to learn not only about how to get things done, but actually, of course, about who we are. Um, I think the poet David White says, work is the place where self meets the world. And I think leadership is a stance that enables us to practice uh, a part of ourselves that ultimately can really change the world. Um, so as, as we are talking, I know that, that core to your beliefs, and we just have a couple of minutes, but is this idea that leadership starts from within. And, um, Tell our listeners what, what the invitation is when we say leadership starts from within. The first, uh, another, another of the truths that people need to understand is that credibility is the foundation of leadership, personal credibility. And credibility behaviorally, when we ask people, you know, how do you know it when you see it, they tell us, you know, you do what you say you will do. Well, the, that implies two important things. The first is the say part and the second is the do part. So understanding to say the your your values and beliefs, your vision is absolutely critical. So one of the places it begins with from, from within is understanding yourself, what you care about, why other people ought to be following you, and also understand where you want to be headed, where you what impact you want to have, your vision of the future. Uh, so it is first an inner journey of self-discovery on what are those important values and beliefs that drive me and also where do I want to take myself and others into the future. It also means understanding where I am right now as a leader. What What is my level of skill and competence? And then what do I have to do to improve so that tomorrow I'm better than I am today? Oh, that's well put. You know, it reminds me of the coaching question we sometimes ask when we're talking about, you know, the challenges a leader may face. And we ask the question, what kind of leadership is needed now? What mm-hmm. kind of leader is needed now? You know, it's that, that, um, 
that that question to spark that reflection about you know developmentally uh, embracing the opportunity to grow and to step into the challenge of leadership. Absolutely, and and accepting that necessity of self reflection and the need for feedback. Uh, absolutely critical in one's growth and development. Uh, one of the people we talked to, Harry Kramer, who's former Baxter, uh, head of Baxter Healthcare, CEO, uh, retired and is now teaching at Northwestern. And uh, on a daily basis, he would spend at least 15 minutes reflecting on his day and on what he did and did not do to enact the values and beliefs, his own and the organization's. And that just brief 15 minutes a day, and he's done that continuously for over 30 years. Mm. In fact, he's gone on a a three-day silent retreat with his father-in-law for 30 years. That's incredible. (laughs) We're going to take a break right now, Jim, and when we come back, I want to go even more deeply into your work. We'll be right back. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. What's really going on in Washington? Listen as two of Washington's most experienced insiders, Howard Marlowe and Michael Willis, divulge the strategies of the key players affecting legislation and policy matters every week on The Inner Loop. Unlike most talk shows, which feature hosts that have little to no experience working with the federal government, The Inner Loop is hosted by two professionals who actively work to influence federal policy on a daily basis. The Inner Loop is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. You're listening to a conversation with one of the most widely recognized experts on leadership in the world, Jim Cousins, author, co-author of the Leadership Challenge with his colleague, Barry Posner. Uh, we've been talking about, um, leadership and what, it, what it really is and how, uh, how we need to cultivate leadership by starting from within. And, um, Jim, I want to ask you, I want to ask you another version of a question we've kind of been talking about, which is why do we, why do we want to follow some leaders but not others? Well, we, we talked about some of the practices, but let me go uh, ask this question in a different way. We asked people, what do you look for and admire in a leader, someone whose direction you would willingly follow? And we've now asked that question continuously for over 30 years, and we get the same answers, surprisingly enough. What do you look for and admire in a leader, someone whose direction you would willingly follow? And those of you listening might ask yourself your answer to that question. And what we find is that one of the things that people look for is that somebody is honest and trustworthy. The second thing they look for is a leader forward-looking, 
the third thing people say they want in someone they would willingly follow is that that person is, inspi- is inspiring, energetic, upbeat, passionate about the future. And the other, the fourth that over half the people look for, about sixty-six percent, is that they're uh, that they are competent, that they know what they're doing, they have the expertise to get the job done. Three of those honest, competent, inspiring add up to what researchers call source credibility or believability, and the other forward-looking is what we say differentiates leaders from other credible people. So in in, in a nutshell, one can summarize it as I'm more willing to follow someone who I believe is credible, believable, and who has a vision of the future. You know, that that um, this information surprises people sometimes when I'm working at organizations and we're doing executive leadership team retreats and we share these top four qualities and really two of them are directly speaking to this idea of forward-looking, visionary, uh, and inspiring leadership. And it's interesting because so many people think that being visionary is um, kind of blue sky you know, um, wishful thinking, the fact that it is such a powerful center for effective leadership is is surprising to folks. And I'd love it if you could just say a little bit more about this these aspects, forward-looking and inspiring. Do you, do you see them as part of visionary leadership in the way that I'm saying? Uh, absolutely. It, being forward-looking is the differentiator. If you ask people what do you look for in admiring a colleague, someone you want on your team, and you compare those responses to what they look for and admire in a leader, someone whose direction they would willingly follow, the thing that really truly stands out is that people want someone who is forward-looking as a leader, but they don't need that quality in someone who's a member of their team. It's the, the difference between the responses to that question for colleague and leader uh, on the, the the question about forward looking is is the biggest difference between leader and colleague of any of the qualities we research. So that tells us that having a clear direction, a vision of the future, is what differentiates leaders from other credible people. Hmm. When we also ask it a different way, we ask people: Imagine somebody walked in this room right now and said, "Hi, I'm your new leader." What questions immediately pop to mind? that you have to ask this person. Well, the first set of questions is something we've already talked about. Who are you? Mm-hmm. What do you stand for? What do you believe in? Well, you know, Why should I be following you? Tell me something <laughs> about yourself. Mm-hmm. And the second set of questions people want answered is, where are we going? What's your vision of the future? Where are we headed? What's going to change now that you're our leader? And that's the forward-looking question. What's what's going to be different out in the future as a result of going in, you know, your leadership? Uh, and so leaders must be prepared to answer those two fundamental questions. Who are you and where are we going? And, of course, being able to communicate that with passion and vision, not like reading it off a script, but being able to say, I believe in this direction and be able to say with enthusiasm and excitement and energy and passion is going to make one much more believable than someone who is dull and boring and unexciting. Uh, because, you know, we ask, so why, why should that be true? Why, why is inspiring, why is dynamic a quality that people look for in a leader? And... Uh, people say, well, because enthusiasm is infectious, and that's absolutely right. We are, if you want somebody to truly believe in a vision of the future themselves, you have to be able to breathe life into it in such a way that other people can see themselves in the picture. You know, thank you for saying that. That is very, so simply and, and clearly stated and, and rings so true to the to my experience of working with this particular um, leadership behavior. And what I have seen is that uh, sometimes leaders associate vision with kind of broad, sweeping general statements about, you know, a desired future state. 
Um, my advice generally is to be as detailed and specific as possible when describing the future, to actually paint a picture mm-hmm. with, with language so that people understand not only where are we going, but by when will we get there? What will it look like? What will it be like to, to be in that place? Um, what are your thoughts about what, what vision sounds like? We absolutely agree. We absolutely agree. Let me, let, may I do a little kind of mental exercise with you? Surely. And hopefully are those, those who are listening also participate in this. Okay. I'm going to say two words. And when I say these two words, tell me, Kate, what immediately comes to mind. So you ready? Uh-huh. Two words. Paris, France. Romance. Romance. Anything else pop to mind? Culture. Culture. And and when you think about did, did, did was there any kind of hesitation or delay in your thinking about the word romance or culture? No. Um, like popped immediately. And now, have you been to Paris? Yes, I have. Yes, so you've been there. Now, we get that answer from a, about 90% of people, or, and if you ask the other 10%, they will also be able to tell you things that come to mind when you hear Paris, France. Uh, and then we ask, if we're doing it with this, an audience of people, how many of you have been to Paris? And it's really less than 50% in most audiences, and, and often just 25% have actually been there. So we ask the people who have not been there, uh, well, uh, if, you, if you haven't been there yet, you have an image of Paris, France, Arc de Triomphe, Seine, the Louvre, romance, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. good food, wine. How did you get that image? And I said, well, we heard about it. Uh, we read books about it. We saw movies with, that were set in Paris. Our friends went there and showed us their slides, showed us their pictures. Uh, we... we uh, just know about it. I mean, you, you hear about it all the time, and we say, that's exactly the point. <laughs> You're not going to know about a place if people don't talk about it. So I'm going to say another real place, Okay. And you tell me what comes to mind. Here's another real place. Okay. Tuva. Tuva. T-U-V-A. Nothing. I uh, don't know Tuva. Yeah, Tuva is a place in uh, southern Mongolia known for its uh, three-octave singing, its guttural singing. I, I'd, I'd perform it for you, but I can't. <laughs> it's very difficult to do. Uh, but people can go and Google Tuva, and you can probably hear some of it on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why didn't you get an image of Tuva? I guess I haven't heard of it. Never heard of it. Most people haven't. Probably 99% of people haven't. I only uh, uh, heard of it because I saw a documentary on Richard Feynman, and Richard Feynman wanted had that license plate that said Tuva or Bust. <laughs> so I got to know about Tuva. Now, mm-hmm. what's the point? The point is that when we know a place and we know it well enough from pictures, from books, from movies, from conversation, we can conjure up an image of something. It might not be the same exact thing as it is for you as it might be for somebody else, but it's all within the same territory. People cannot articulate where we're headed unless they hear their leaders talk about it, they hear their leaders describe it in detail, talk about real places, real feelings, the kinds of, of uh, things that people are likely to be doing when they're there, even though they're not there. And this is the magical part of vision, as you well know. You can get people to imagine things in their mind with just saying two words if you repeat over and over and over again, what is, what is it that that looks like when you get there? If you never talk about it like Tuva, example, people won't have an image. So it's not surprising that leaders who do not talk all the time about their visions of the future in great detail that people can't name, can't talk about what where they're headed because they haven't heard it before. So it's absolutely a, a prerequisite for leaders to be able to describe, as you say, with images and pictures, what the future looks like if they want people to be able to imagine themselves there. 
You know, that's uh, a wonderful exercise that you just did with me, and it really drives that point home. And I'm so struck by how often leaders will think about vision as an external expression versus an organizational expression. So that's the other point I just want to make, Jim, is that often we're missing a vision for the organization. We might have a, a vision of the impact we want to make in the market, or we might have a vision of, you know, how we want to change or grow over the, over, over time, but we're, we're often actually missing a stated, detailed vision about the organization itself, the kind of organization we want to be. And I know we're up for a break right now, but we will, um, when we come back, Jim, I want to hear your vision actually for the future. So we'll be right back. Which guests are being featured this week? Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back once again, and I do hope you'll email us. We would like to give away a copy of The Truth About Leadership. Um, This is subtitled, The No Fads, Heart of the Matter, Facts You Need to Know. If you are the third person to email us, we will send you a free copy of this book by Jim Kuzes and Barry Posner. Um, you know, Jim and I are talking today about exemplary leadership and what he's learned uh, along with his colleague through all of these three decades of research. Um, and Jim, before the break, we were talking about um, how powerful and important it is to bring vision to one's leadership um, along with the other top qualities that you've identified. And I, I'm curious, you know, as we as we think about being able to describe a future that people can see and taste and feel and want and understand how to work toward, um, what happens then? How do, how do, how does a leader get people to begin to really move in that direction and, um, you know, deliver on the results and outcomes that are needed? I think the, 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 the first step, Kate, in the process is that it has to a vision of the future that you might hold has to connect with something in the other person. If I can't find something in that picture that connects me to it, then I'm unlikely to follow. Let me give you a, a visual again, a visual image. This is a cartoon of Snoopy, and Snoopy is. Uh, that the the cartoon character uh, has this flag that he's carrying, and he's got this explorer cap on his head, and he's got this flag, and he's got his picture on the flag, and he's saying to the you know those birds in the Snoopy cartoons uh, that are his troops, he says to his troops, "Okay, troops, gather around." And one of the troops says, 
pointing to the uh, uh, picture, he says, uh, who is it? It's me. I'm the leader. I get my picture on the flag. Just imagine how it will inspire you as we march along. <laughs> and so one of the troops speaks up and, and says, you know, apparently complains. There's exclamation marks in the, in the, in the bubble. And, uh, and he says, well, all right, then, does anyone have a better idea? And in the last frame, you see Snoopy carrying his picture, his flag with his picture on it, and all the other members of the troop following with their pictures on the flag. When you can carry your own flag and also follow the leader's image of himself and his picture or her picture, then you know that you can see yourselves in it. You have to be able to imagine other people and their response. You have to appeal to common ideals. That's the point. There has to be something. Let me use another analogy. We give. Imagine I took a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle and I and I dropped it on a table in front of you. What's the first thing you want to see? What's the first question you have for me as a leader? Thousand pieces of. This puzzle on the table. If you were like most people, go ahead. Well, I'm thinking I'd want to know, is there a picture? Is there a map? <laughs> exactly. It is, the, it is just a natural reaction we all have. I have this, uh, I'm looking at these pieces, but what's it look like when I'm done? It's a natural reaction. We all want to know what the box, what's on the box top. Show me the picture so I can start to assemble this and know that I'm doing, you know, assembling it in a way that, that it's supposed to look like. We're, we give people in large organizations a piece of a puzzle, and then we say, put the puzzle together. What's mm. it going to look like when it's done? That's what people want to know. Great leaders, exemplary leaders, are able to communicate to others what that picture looks like, even though you only have one piece. And they can say to you, Kate, here's where your piece fits in the larger picture. You have to be able to do that as a leader. That means appealing to common ideals. You have to connect to what's meaningful to others, not just what's meaningful to you. You have to also help people understand what's unique and different about this organization. You have to help them take pride in what's unique. You have to be able to uh, uh, appeal to common interests. You have to be able to, to be able to animate that vision in such a way that people can see it, much like with Paris, you animate it through uh, feelings, you animate it through images, you animate it through physical places, you animate it also with your own personal emotion and passion and positive language about the future. And, you know, you can't fake any of this. You've got to speak genuinely about it. So you have to, be, have to communicate that you feel this passionately yourself. And, and that you're positive and upbeat and energetic about it in a genuine way. You're not just trying. You know, one of the phrases I have to tell you I don't like that leaders use is sell the vision. Mm-hmm. I, I can understand what people are trying to communicate to others when they say sell a vision. But, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we, we don't buy visions like we buy products. That's we, true. We, 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 we come to... Uh, believe in that exciting possibility of the future because it touches us in some way. It appeals to us. So the fundamental first step is to be able to understand what it is that those you hope will follow you want and need and believe in themselves. And and do you teach vision in your leadership programs? Yes. What does that process include? Well, we, we actually, one of, the, one of the things we do, and we learned this from some research that a colleague, Omar Alsawi, does, the first step we do is not actually take people into the future. We ask people to look to their past. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that uh, Omar found out in his doctoral research at Stanford was that people who look backwards first elongate the future, that is, they look farther into the future than those people who simply look out into the future first. 
When we look back, as you asked me about in the very beginning of this conversation, when, when, when we look back on our lives and said, where did we come from? What have we experienced in our own lives? And you can do this also for the organization. Where did the organization come from? What's its history? What's mm-hmm. its past? What, what have been its ups and downs? How did it get from, you know, uh, from a low point to a high point? What values drove it? What aspirations uh, uh, drove it to, that, to, to go from a valley to a, to a peak? Asking people to really explore their past, find their identity, find out what's important to them, and then begin to elongate that out into the future. It's not that the future is, is simply an extension of the past, but, but the past is prologue. And it helps us understand the path we're currently on. Then we can ask ourselves, is that a path I want to continue, or is that a path that needs to change? Or what can I use from the past that will help me in the future and learn from, and what, what may, may I have to, to let go of? in order to move forward. And then we ask people to also understand present, uh, you know, the present circumstances and where they are, kind of define reality, what's currently true right now, what are people saying about the organization, or, or what are you saying to yourself, and then look at trends, what are the social, political, artistic uh, uh, trends, uh, global trends that might take place. I mean, you can't have a vision of, of a future that's going to fit with the future in today's world if you don't understand demographics and what's happening globally in the world, if you don't, don't understand the, the nature of your future constituencies. Uh, you know, people are talking a lot about millennials and millennials moving into managerial positions and organizations. I have to know something about what millennials uh, are hoping their workplace will look like if I'm going to appeal to them to bring them in. So it, it, we take people through a series of iterative steps that take a look at all these issues as they form their vision. I, I think that's that's fascinating. It's a, it's a process that's um, very, very similar to the one that we use in order to create a vision as well, going first to the past and, and the story up until now and then really looking at the present. And I'm curious, when you think about the trends, Jim, that people need to be aware of in order to put context to their vision, what are the trends that come to your mind right away? Well, the one, there are a couple that are really strong drivers of, mm-hmm. of what the, our future is going to look like. And one of them, one of the strongest is going to be demographics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I have to, I have to really understand that, you know, women in the workplace today, uh, is a strong, is a strong shaper of our future. And that's only going to continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and globally, even though there are countries that resist, uh, that trend, they're going to be captive of it because it's just so strong. Uh, and women may not have the same image as men of what that future will look like in the workplace. Uh, I also have to understand that uh, young people today have different aspirations and different views of the world. And, and I need to understand them. There may be some that uh, uh, we may wish to have a conversation about, and are these appropriate or inappropriate or... Are these ones that I can share? But we so we have to come to some common understanding. But I have to understand them first. I also have to understand technology and where it's taking us. Social media has had a profound impact on how one leads. And by the way, I want to put a, an emphasis on social, not media. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about social media, it's, mm-hmm. it's not just about the technology. It's about what the, what the technology allows us to do to connect. Uh, so, so those are, 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 are There's some examples. demographics, technology are two that are really vital, really, really critical. That's that great. Understand. I also well, understand about the global nature of the world. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to just, I know we only have a couple of minutes and I'm still um, holding out to hear your vision, which we'll do after this break, but what's your process for creating vision? How do you, how do you take a, a leadership team or an executive in to, to the, to the, through the skill of vision? Well, other than the, the beginning place that we, we talked about where we have people, uh, I, um, talk about their past and their identity mm-hmm. and sort of uh, uh, 
even even bring in uh, an, an organizational historian to help them understand that, and, or an archivist within the organization. If it's an executive retreat, and we have a few days, and then we then we ask people to do some mental exercises around, you know, imagine that you're going to be gone for six months from your organization, and uh, when you come back, uh, this organization you hope will still be carrying on what uh, what what you hope for the future what write a write a letter telling people that you're not going to be able to communicate with them but you want them to take the organization in this particular direction what would you write or we also have people do an exercise like the following imagine it's 10 years out and you're if it's an organizational vision or a personal vision you can do it either way but let's take personal imagine that you're a leader of the year and you've just won that award, and person after person gets up to the podium and, and talks about who you are, uh, why they want to follow you. They, they, tell, they, they talk about how they felt when they were around you. They talk about uh, the, ex- the tangible expressions of your leadership and what you did. They talk about uh, the ideals that you stood for and the lessons that they learned from you. What would they be saying? Mm-hmm. So we go through some exercises where people mm-hmm. uh, write down and record those and then uh, that provides essentially the raw material for them then to be able to write that in a more coherent way. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think those are great, nice, specific examples that people can actually try and um, and, and experiment with. And would people find these, this kind of information in the Truth About Leadership, Jim? They find uh, probably find more of this kind of information in our book, The Leadership Challenge, mm-hmm. uh, which the fifth edition just came out this last year, 2020. Oh okay, I knew you had four. I didn't know you had five. So I highly recommend for those of you listening that you, you make the investment in this, this bright yellow book. It is um, just a fabulous source of distinctions about leadership. We're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, Jim, I want to hear your vision for the future. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate. I'm talking with Jim Cousins, and we're learning about the 
the research and the approach of Kuzes and Posner, um, authors of The Leadership Challenge, one of the most trusted sources on becoming a better leader. And um, before the break, we were actually talking about the process of teaching people how to be visionary and really appreciated those specific ideas that you shared with us, Jim. You know, as we as we move into this last segment, I very much would like to give you a chance to comment on anything that you have shared so far that you'd like to add to, or perhaps there's something you just want to drive home. Any any thoughts on those topics we've been covering? Well, I do think there's one important message to everyone listening and to everyone that we hope to reach in the work that we do and the work that you do. And that is that leadership is not the private reserve of a few charismatic men and women. It is not something that is simply about what CEOs of Fortune 500 corporations do or presidents of countries or famous leaders who make the covers of magazines and newspapers. It is what everyone who wants to take someone to a place they've never been before does. It is a set of skills and abilities that are learnable by anyone who has the desire to lead and the will to practice. And so that means uh, 80% anyway of people fall into that category. And that leads to something else. We talked about this previously in a very opening segment around how you make a difference, individuals matter, they can have an impact. We asked people to name their leader role models. So we gave them a list of categories, and then we said, select your leader role model in your own life, but somebody you know, not a famous person unless you knew that famous person, or uh, someone that, that uh, you, know, you per- personally knew or worked with, close to you, a leader role model. And they said, uh, then we gave them uh, categories in which to fit those people. So they might have been a family member, teacher, coach, community leader, a business leader, a, a professional athlete, entertainer. We gave them categories. The number one category from which most leader role models come in our lives is family member. 46% for those over 30, 18 to 30-year-olds, 40%. For 18 to 30-year-olds, the second category was teacher or coach, 26%, and for community leader, 11% was third for 18 to 30. Over 30, it was family member first, business leader, and when we probed my immediate supervisor or somebody that I worked with at work, 23%, and then teacher or coach, 14%. Over three-quarters of the leaders that are most influential in our lives come from family member, teacher, coach, or if you're younger, community leader or religious leader, but if you're a little older and at work, an immediate supervisor. What that message tells us is that those who are the most influential leaders are those who are closest to us, that know us well and whom we know. And then we ask people the following question, how many of you are family members? (laughs) So we all are, everyone raises their hand and we say exactly. And what that means is to someone you have a 100% possibility of being a leader role model. To someone, they may be looking at you right now as a possible leader role model if you teach, if you're a coach. So the point there is, Kate, that... We all, all of us in life, are a potential leader role model for somebody. And, and that is an important message for all of us to understand. And then, then it begs the question, if that's true, then don't we all have a personal responsibility to be the best leaders we can be? Thank you, Jim. Thank you for that. Uh, for bringing all of those points together and for pointing that out for all of us. And um, I think it is a real reminder of how influential one life is and what a difference we really do make, sometimes without even intending to. Thank you. So I know that our listeners are 
probably dying to hear you you speak about what you see when you look to the future. You know, what is it that you envision, Jim, when you think about the future? Uh, early on when we were conducting our very first leadership challenge workshop, Ann Bowers, who was at that time the vice president of HR for Apple Computer, who was co-training that workshop with me, she said, Jim, we're about to begin this workshop, and you talk about vision in this workshop, so I just want to know, what's your vision of the future? Now, okay, you have to remember this was like 25 years ago, or a little bit more, like 27 years ago, and I hadn't thought that much about it at the time. It was, it was something that we were still exploring, but here's what immediately popped to mind, and it's still true today. I said to Anne, to liberate the leader in everyone. And that is what I said, and that's still today what, what our vision is of the future. We imagine a time when teachers and coaches and students and managers at work who are young and new to the job will all be better leaders than they are today, will all set an example of the kind of behavior that is of high integrity, that everyone will be clear about what they stand for and believe in, and that they will be willing to act on those values and beliefs. We have a vision of people being able to clearly articulate where it is that they want to go to be able to answer the question, what is your legacy? We'll, we imagine a time when people are able to communicate to others in such a way that they can see that picture. And we imagine very clearly a time when people will take initiative and, and, and search for opportunities to change and grow. And we can imagine a time when people are looking not just inward but outward for those opportunities to be innovative. We, we imagine a time when people are able, all people, are able to foster collaboration and build trust with others. And we imagine a time when people understand that leadership is not just about you, it is about others, and be able to offer to others the kinds of skills and, and the kinds of opportunities that they deserve in life. And we also imagine a time when people are are building a spirit of community, understanding that you can't do it alone and that we need each other in order to be, to, to realize uh, our own potential in life. That's our vision of the future. That's the kind of place that we would like to create. And when we say everyone, we mean everyone. We don't mean just a select few. Uh, and so one of the things that we're doing practically to enact that right now is currently I have a manuscript ready to read. That's the second edition of our Student Leadership Challenge book where we've really expanded our uh, our conversation about student leaders. We just released in Asia a book called Making Extraordinary Things Happen in Asia. It was released there first before it's going to be released here in the United States uh, so that we can reach that population. So we're extending ourselves to more and more people because we really do believe we are passionate about leadership being everyone's business. Jim, thank you so much for sharing that vision. It is a real invitation to all of us, and I think that you've given us so many fantastic distinctions about leadership, you know, the, the idea that it begins within, that leaders reflect, that we can learn these behaviors called leadership, and that uh, whether or not we realize it, we're probably already leading and influencing the people around us, that this is really about all of us. And, of course, you shared with us a process for becoming visionary and for bringing that vision forward. We are out of time today, but I really want to direct people who are listening to your website, which I know is uh, leadershipchallenge.com. And I'll give you the last word. We have about 30 seconds. Go ahead, Jim. 
Well, I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity to be part of your show. Thank you for uh, all of those of you who are listening. And uh, just please remember that you matter. You make a difference. Thank you so much for joining me. It has been a pleasure and an honor. And please give my regards to your colleague, Barry Posner, as well. Thank you so much, Jim. Take care. Thank you, everyone. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel.